I think that we are very narrow-minded because we are just like automatic, you know? Like yeah. we, are, we have to do things in a certain way, so that's the only way. Meanwhile, being an entrepreneur is like all possibilities. Mm. Oh. Mm-hmm. Nothing has to be this way. So Welcome to episode five of the Academics Mean Business podcast. My name is Lindsay Padilla, and today I have a special guest. Her name is Inez Ruiz. And I want to kind of preface this interview by letting you know that the audio is not perfect. (laughs) Um, Not to say that any of my audio interviews are perfect, but this one probably is the lowest quality. And what happened was is the software that we were using to to record separate tracks actually failed us. And so this is the backup version, which is great. I'm so fortunate that we had a backup version, but it doesn't sound uh, that good. So I just want you to know that this is, um, of all the interviews I've done, uh, this probably has the lowest quality, but there is such gems in here that I couldn't ask Inez to re-record because I feel like we got a real raw conversation. Um, and we talked a lot about some cool stuff. We talked about what it was like to make her first dollar online, um, which is a beautiful thing. And she talks about, you know, having these pretty low expectations of meeting at least her lecturer pay. Um, She was a lecturer at Cambridge and she teaches Spanish language and how to teach Spanish language. So she's a, a true educator in that sense. And she was like, if I could just sell two classes, you know, two courses um, a month, we're good. And then how she basically grew it to 30,000 dollars a month. And so I think our conversation is really cool because she demonstrates what it was like to trust in her husband. Her husband uh, is in the military and she followed him to the States, um, you know, from lecturing at Cambridge. And so she took and exchanged this very prestigious job, right, to be lecturing at Cambridge. I mean, that's pretty uh, epic uh, when it comes to the academic space. And she decided to go all in on this business. So I think the value of this interview really lies in the amount of opportunity that opened for her when she realized that she had all she needed <laughs> in order to start a business. So she started an edu- online educational business and in 20 months grew it from $0 to $350,000. And now she helps other women create online businesses that fit their lives, no matter what the circumstance or background. So I really think you're going to love this podcast episode um, and this interview. So please, please, please enjoy. Yay! I'm so excited you're here. Welcome, welcome so, so much. Um, I've been following you and been introduced to you actually by a mutual friend. And so I feel like this podcast is a little get to know you kind of thing, the call we haven't had yet. Um, And just learning about you and your business. I'm really excited to have you here. Yeah, me too. It's like having, we're having a coffee date. (laughs) We're having a coffee date and talking... (laughs) academics uh, in business. It yeah. sounds fun. So why don't you tell you know the listeners and, my, and me, because I'm listening, man, uh, tell us a little bit about your academic journey, um, what you studied, you know, what lit you up as a student, and kind of focus on that path for us. Yeah, so I think the first thing is, well, I'm from Spain and, you know, I, I come from a very little town where you're, you know, just supposed to uh, grow up, have kids, you know, get married and all these things. So for me, education, it was like a way of getting out of that and traveling. So that was the first point. And then it was like, okay, how can I do this 
um, how can I pick a degree that is going to allow me to travel and, you know, know different cultures and do all of these things. So I studied translation. So I have a degree in translation. I have a master's in translation. And then uh, to finish my degree, we needed to do like an internship. And long story short, I ended up in Cambridge. And they were like, yeah, you're going to be teaching Spanish. And I was like, ah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) But then I loved it. You know, you know, you end up in things that you didn't even thought about. And then I was like, okay, I love this. Let me get a postgraduate in teaching Spanish. And then I was just getting more into education. And I love, I'm a geek. So Mm. I love e-learning. And I did a master's on education and e-learning. Um, so that's how I got into all these academia things. So it's been like, whew, I don't know how many years. Um, and then I ended up in Cambridge University. So I was doing, I was teaching, but as well, I was like developing the courses. I developed the first mm-hmm. Moodle for one of our, um, one of our subjects and things like that. So that's, that's how I started in academia. Which is where that like curriculum design kind of comes in too. Cool. So when you were all wrapped up in academia in Cambridge, teaching at this like prestigious university, were you like, this is what I want to do forever? Did you have those moments of being like, I could see myself teaching forever? You know what? Now it's been a year, a year and a half, almost two years since, you know, um, I quit this kind of life. Mm-hmm. And what I realized is that when I was inside that world, I was not aware. So what I mean, like now I know what I want. I know the things I like. I know. But when I was in that environment, to be honest, I was just in like survival mode. I was just mm-hmm. reacting yes. to things. I was mm-hmm. not moving forward because I wanted to do this or goals or no, no. It was just like a survival mode of, you know, I have to do this. Now I have to do my PhD. Now I have to do this research now, you know? So it was like reacting on one hand, reacting. And on the other hand, doing what I was supposed to be doing. And then when this thing happened with my husband, I can tell you about that. I was like, I, ha- I don't even know what I want. And mm-hmm. the funny thing is that I, I haven't questioned myself for the past eight years. Yes. So it was something that I was just doing out of, um, out of you know, habit. And also because I love teaching. Don't get me wrong. I love mm-hmm. teaching. Mm-hmm. And now I understand why. Because I love connection. Yes. And- oh, my God. Love it. Oh my I, God, was, I, was, <laughs> I was a really good teacher and I'm not trying to be like a big head or anything, but because I love my students, I love connection. So I love teaching. What I didn't love was the institutional is being institutionalized. Yep. You know, yep. and all these to do's and all the you have to do things this way. And even, you know, even in Cambridge, you know, things are very they have to be this way, but within my department, like, you know, the head of the department, they will let me do like crazy things for e-learning, which is, was amazing. But still, you are within this box yeah. that you have to fit and that you have to do things a certain way. And I didn't even question myself. That was the problem I had when I got out. I didn't go out like by choice directly. Let's say I can explain it more okay. about that. Mm-hmm. But when I saw myself in that situation, I was like, oh my God, I haven't even asked, what do I want? I, I don't know. You know, I was not in the picture. I was just going, going, going. And I was not questioning if I like this, if I want to, if I really want to do this until I came to the States and a situation happened that, um, okay. So 
I was in academia and then what happened is my husband is military. So he was like, Ines, I've been stationed back to the States. And I was mm-hmm. like, well, I'm going to go with you. Not in the crazy love way, but in the way that I want, my, I want to be with my husband. Um, mm-hmm. He makes my life better. I don't want to be in another continent without mm-hmm. you. you know, it doesn't make any sense. Like work is something that I can find anyway. No, knowing myself, I know I will find a job anywhere. That's not a problem. So then we came here and that's when I had that moment of what do I do? Like I cannot be just a housewife. Like I will kill myself. I need to be doing a lot of things. I need, you know, I'm that kind of person. So I was like, okay, how can I start a business um, online? Because, you know, also as a military spouses, they move us around every two weeks, every two years. Mm-hmm. So that makes it impossible for us to get yeah, you were already planning being nomadic and not being stuck at one institution. Yes. I think that that's an interesting Absolutely. thing to bring up. So that's yeah, that's how my business idea came up. Um, but one, yeah, so tell us like, about that too. One of the things that it was like the important point was like I started developing my business, and then because I was scared, I the university here, I applied for a job, and you know I was in. So I had that moment where he was like, okay, my business is growing, but now I have this position. And he was like, shit. Oh, sorry. Can I? No. You can cuss. <laughs> Academics cuss, right? Oh, we have, we have God. A, Thank God. Academic uh, freedom. Here we are. <laughs> so I was like, what do I do? You know, I have this position. Um, and I think we are very, as academics, we are very used to certainty. Yep, so yep. it was like, certainty of a position uh doing something that you know might like or not kind of or this uncertainty of a business that is just starting and i have no freaking idea what i'm doing and thank god i pick the entrepreneurs mm-hmm. you know i sit down with my husband and he was like in as i know you i've seen you through all these years i've seen you cry um because you be you were up at four in the morning marking essays and being all stressed out i don't want that for you so mm-hmm. I think you will be better off. Don't do what you think you, you have to do and really do what it feels uh, right. Whatever it is, you know, doesn't matter what it comes, doesn't matter what it happened, just pick something that is really, that you're going to be happy. Mm. Um, okay, so let's go with the business. Um, now I know why you followed so, him. He's, he sounds what? amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So for the business, it was a matter of, okay, I need something that it can work anywhere I go. So it has to be online. And then it's like, okay, what are my strengths? What are my mm-hmm. skills? So it was like, okay, I'm a Spanish teacher. And then I was like, okay, I have a master's in e-learning. I know a bit about e-learning. So let's just put it together. And I created a school uh, in which we train Spanish teachers. Oh, Awesome. So we have courses for, you know, expats who want to start uh, teaching Spanish or we have like more specific courses, how to teach Spanish. So somebody that is a Spanish teacher, they can come to us and get more development for their careers. And that's how the business started. And we have sold, that was in January 2006. And by today we have sold $360,000 in... Wow, that's amazing. January 2016, right? Not... Yes. Uh, to, yeah. okay. so 22 months. It's been 22 yeah. months since we awesome. sold the first course. And I sold the first course on the hotel uh, waiting to come to the States. So wow. In the middle of, you know, it's never a good time. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. 
Um, so I'd like to, so thank you for sharing that, man. That's, I love, first of all, I think you and I have just a lot in common, like personality wise, like, um, people that love teaching, I think are a certain way. (laughs) Um, and that's exactly, I feel so many parallels with the way you described, um, teaching and like why you were doing it and falling in love with it and being fucking good at it. Right. And like having people around you, you know, and now I'm going into just like putting words in your mouth, but like other professors and be like, oh, wow, like you're really, you know, your students love you and like your class is engaged and that kind of stuff. So um, I love that. And I, I, where I guess we're a little different is I always wanted to be a teacher. Um, And uh, so I just fell into like falling in love with my subject and realizing I could teach community college. So that's what I was teaching. Um, but my parents, I, I, my parents are both teachers. So oh yeah? I grow up with like, will never be a teacher. Yeah. <laughs> are, were they, do they teach in higher ed or do they teach like in other subjects? No, um, no. school. Like my, my dad, he was a head teacher and my mom was a teacher in the same school. Through their whole life. Wow. Yeah. And I mean, so that's cool. So you grew up around education. Yeah. There is something about being, um, you know, at the university level, at the college level, where you have a lot more autonomy than your parents probably had, for sure. That's probably why you joined, which is why I did. Um, So I'd like to talk a little bit about, like, dig a little deeper into those moments you were having with your husband about what was kind of going on in your head, like when you were making the decision to be going with entrepreneurship, that uncertainty, that risk. And if you could share any insights to what it felt like to challenge the, the real status quo and stable um, you know, environment that is, is like being in the academy and all the things we love about teaching and the stability of teaching. When you had them weighing next to each other, like... What was what was your head saying? Like, what was the inside Inez being like? You shouldn't oh, do this. Man. Like, why'd you go to? You know what I mean? That kind of thing. If you could give us some insight into that. Wow, that was that was a <laughs> that was a party in my head, right? <laughs> um, and also because we come, you know, I think all academia, all academics, we are in a certain way that we are control freaks and we want to mm-hmm. have everything planned you know i plan my courses a year in advance i know exactly what i'm going to be teaching through the whole course what you know what uh worksheets what i'm going to be like everything so jumping mm-hmm. from that to this that mm-hmm. was like god I, I, it was a really hard transition really hard transition for me totally worth it because mm-hmm. now i'm I, i'm a completely different person right now uh, yes Mm-hmm. And I can see my friends in academia and I see them talking and I'm like, I was so much like that when I see them, you know, like they are very, like things should be this way. They are, I think that we are very narrow minded because we are just like, um, automatic, you know, like yeah. we, are, we have to do things in a certain way. So that's the only way. Meanwhile, being an entrepreneur is like all possibilities. Mm-hmm. All. Mm-hmm. Nothing has to be this way so that was one thing and then the other thing that was coming up it was like jumping to something that you're not an expert in i was mm-hmm. an expert in my in my you know in sure. teaching spanish i was teaching spanish i was teaching translation i was teaching all these you know like Had all the degrees and the pieces yes. of paper yeah so we go from that to nothing i have no mm. credibility i have no mm. idea like 20, 22 months ago, I didn't know what a funnel was. I didn't know what a 
<laughs> how to create an email list. I didn't know Facebook ads and now we are killing it in Facebook. You know, all these things. So mm-hmm. my self-esteem was like normal. It's not that I have a very high self-esteem, but it was just like down, 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 you know, because I, I have no idea what I was doing, the certainty, the, is this going to work, the failure feeling, because I was at Cambridge University. Like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> you just left that career for your husband and now you are doing this crazy thing online that nobody understands. Like, what is wrong with you? Mm. <laughs> yeah, you exchange that prestige too. Like, um, there is something about... And that is is not as like, like, my, like my story, but like um, when you exchange... Yeah, like you know, being at Cambridge and being employed by Cambridge as a lecturer, like is probably a lot of academics dreams, right? Um, and definitely has this like status um, tied yes. to it. And so, like, you know... Like even if it was not in Cambridge, that's a status for us, you know, for... Still, I feel really mm-hmm. realized when I was out, yeah, I was a lecturer. You know, that, that makes me There's feel... There's like cool. an error to saying that. That's so... Do you find... I find when like... Because my husband also was a teacher too and he teaches physics. Like he has a PhD in physics. So people are always like, whoa. Um, but <laughs> I find like... Now, when people ask what we do, we lead with stuff about like what our life is like and not like, oh, I'm a professor at a college, which feels very cool. Like there is like accomplishment tied to it. There are people that look up to you because you are making a difference in the world. There is that impact that you are having that I felt. Um, And there is the prestige of like, oh, wow, you probably went through a lot of schooling. You're really smart. And there's all these like rankings that we've earned. Um, and to kind of push it aside and be like, well, that stuff isn't even that exciting. Like, I'm just like playing on Facebook all day. <laughs> and it, you are exchanging for something that some people are like, why would you do that? Yes. Like I have people in my family that still don't know what I do. Sure. Um, totally. Or even my <laughs> husband's mother, she has no idea what I do. Like she has no clue. I tried to explain it to her like a million times and she still doesn't get it. She's like, what I, is she doing in the computer all day? And it's like, <laughs> like, I don't I promise I'm working. Um, so true. But you know, at the end of the day, it's not about them. At the end of the day, I quit yep. academia because that title was empty. It wasn't enough and empty. That status, it's empty. It was completely empty. It was, a, it was just like a, a facade. There was nothing in there. I was not happy. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of medical conditions because mm-hmm. of and all the things that I was going through. Um, it was just... I'm grateful that I went through that, but I'm so grateful that it's not my life right now. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't see it back then. Back then, it was like, how can I be so ungrateful of not being happy at Cambridge University? Ooh. How, what, what's wrong with me that mm-hmm. I'm, I'm at the top of my career, at the top of what I could be, and I'm, I'm so miserable? What is wrong with me? Am I not enough? Like, what's, mm-hmm. what's happening? Um, so that then what happened was this business, but actually this business for me, the educational business was a transition because mm-hmm. I think once you start getting into all the business thing, I think like things speed up. So, okay. I, I created this business and then the thing that made me decide between my business and continue going back to academia in another university, but at the, at the end it's the same, you know, anywhere you it's go. <laughs> yeah. So it was that I realized that I was not, and I know this is going to sound cliche, but I was not fulfilled mm. because 
even I changed academia for entrepreneurship, what I did was I created like my company was like a subdivision of academia because it's an sure. educational business. Yep. So I was like, okay, I did, I was not able to do like a big, big jump. I still keep it safe. I know a lot of yep. people will say like, well, that's not keeping it safe. But for me, it's keeping it safe because it's still around that educational thing. And then it was like, okay, I'm selling courses, you know, it leads me up all the marketing funnels, Facebook ads. I can be talking about for hours about those things, but what I really want to do is empowering women mm. and help women being themselves, no matter what the circumstances are. Like me, I have all the odds against Lindsay. You can see like I'm Hispanic, I'm immigrant, I'm a military spouse, like anything that is a minority or it's a bad thing, I have it in me. And I'm mm -hmm. still able to have a business and, you know, do everything that I want in my life. So it's like, I want to help other women have that feeling because I grow up, as I was saying, I grow up in a way that education was the only escape from this kind of very sexist society. And then I grow up as well with refugees. Um, we used to bring refugees from the Sahara, um, every summer. So we, I actually grow up with these kids around. Into your house? You welcome them into your house, your yes. parents or into your town? Yes. Wow. In, in my house because, um, okay, so we have a dictatorship in Spain. And so we still had colonies like 20 years mm -hmm. ago, we still had colonies in Africa. So there, there is like a little area, a little community that it was part of Spain. But when the dictatorship finished, um, they kind of left them, you know, wow left them there and they they got into fights with morocco mm -hmm. so what we do is during the summer we bring those kids with us we teach them spanish we give them school supplies you know we do everything we can for them so every summer they have like this summer camp and they spend the summer with with families so i grow up with that every summer we will have um this kind of kids and there was this girl she used to come every summer and then I think when we were like 15 or 16, she stopped coming. And I asked my dad, like, mm -hmm. why is she not coming? And he was like, she got married. And that just hit me so hard. Like, mm -hmm. why is, just because she was born in another country, she's not having the same opportunities that I have. Like, this just sounds crazy to me. So I'm a lot about women empowerment, not just, you know, oh, women. No, it's really deep into where I come from, where I live, and, you know, the kind of sexes that we have in Spain, which is a very open country, and, you know, it's an amazing place to live, but we, we have a lot of old thinking going on about women. So for me, empowering women education, that's just, like, my go-to thing. So what this business, it's generating the income, but I was like, okay, I'm feeling I want to do something more for women so that's when the women entrepreneur community started uh because of all this feeling and because now i know what i'm doing in business so now i want to help other women yep, yep. Uh, you know develop their courses or develop their business or whatever it is but it's still you know like the first business i come up with is not my final destination so yeah i think it's a good point that uh we allow ourselves to evolve in whichever mm. way we have to, it doesn't have to be, you know, like I was doing my business and I was, then I just kind of take the same mentality that I had in academia in my new business. Ah. So I was like, Oh, I have to do this this way, you know? And then 
through a lot of mindset work, I was like, no, I'm allowed to change. I'm allowed to do whatever I want. I don't have to have this academia mindset. Let's call it. I love that. I'd like to, so I'd like to hear your thoughts about where you see there being overlap. Like I've talked to a lot of guests about kind of how academic skills are actually really beneficial in entrepreneurship. So yes, we're in this kind of crazy land that I personally, I never thought I would be in either. Um, this was not on my agenda for my life, uh, but now it makes perfect sense, right? But there is some, you know, there's some tools that I think oh, yeah. academics have that can make us really successful in business. So you've had great success in about two years. You've been definitely like doubling or tripling whatever salary you would have had. Um, what, what do you think were some advantages of your background that really contributed to the success of your business? <sighs> all of it. I think academia kind of shaped us, you know, after all these years, we yep. are very, um, I think we are very, we concentrate on something. When we want something, you know, we go for it because we have to, you know, it's like if you have to teach Spanish, I'll, I'll need to have my curriculum ready, you know. So I think just we really concentrate on what we want. I think we are amazing project managers because... Ah, we, interesting. You know, yeah. Research projects. To, yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Like, you know, if you think about it, having... Teaching is it's kind of a project manager. You have to be doing a lot of things. You know how to prioritize. Mm. I think we also see like the big picture because of the yep. same thing that I'm saying. Like we have to plan the course a year ahead. So we are really good seeing the big picture and in a way like mapping out things for mm. them to happen. Mm -hmm. Because that's, that's our structure, right? That's where yep. we come from. We have yeah. to do that. So I think that's like... Wow, that's one of the things that really have helped me out moving forward. And I still keep that. Like this morning I was sure. having a meeting with my team and I was like, okay, what are we doing to move forward in this project? I want you to tell me what steps did you take today to move forward? I mean, this one. So it's like this, yeah, project manager mind. And also I think the, if you're a good teacher, as we were saying before, the connection. Uh -huh. We know how to create connection. I know how to connect with my students. Um, we develop these social skills that are very important. Yep. Um, and then with entrepreneurship is the same. You have to connect with people the same way yep. we are connecting now. At the end of the day, it's just like people, like the same our students were. So I think the social skills, caring, because we care a lot about our yep. students. Yep. And we're going to care the same about our clients, right? Yep. Because yep. that's how we are. This is what you're saying. Like, I think teachers are a different breed, <laughs> you know? I think, so, I think for sure. Right. So I think those two things, the project management and the, the way, and also I think that to a certain extent, because we have been so compressed in a box that when we have see all the possibilities in, in entrepreneurship, like my creativity bursted. Like, yeah. you know, just because I had the ability to, like we create like, amazing marketing campaigns and things that we do it's all because i come from a place of okay now i have complete freedom you know mm -hmm. it's like the creativity just you know just grows exponentially because now you are allowed to use it and i use it for marketing that's mm -hmm. one of the things that separated us from the rest because I, I come from a very crowded market like my market is i was supposed to fail completely mm -hmm. Yeah, completely. You know, I was doing, I don't know if you know, um, the book, The Lean Startup. 
Oh yeah. I haven't read it. It's on my list. Yes. So that was, you know, being an academic when I was like, oh, I'm going to study research. research. I got all the books. I got everything I could. And through that book, you have a process where it kind of, I really like it because it kind of makes you think about your product or your market before you do anything. So you have a minimum product viability. So instead you go all in, test it, you know, like kind of dating, date the business and see if it's really something in there. And I was doing that and boy, it was, I I was going to fail. Like everything was going against everything they were saying, Mm. everything. And there was a point I was like, you know what, let's just, I I had an anxiety attack and I was like, you know what, I'm going to start with this and just going to go with it. And if it doesn't go, well, I'll start over and do something else, but I'm going to, I'm going to give it a go. Mm -hmm. So there you can see the academia mindset and then the new entrepreneur, like, let's, let's go, let's do it. We we will figure it out. We'll figure it out. Yeah. We will figure it out. Yeah. I love that. I I find um, one of the skill sets we have is research. And I do think there is like a happy medium between doing enough research that you know, you know, where your product fits in, like what void you're filling in the get in the market. um, That kind of thing I think is important. Um, But then at at the end of the day, like pull the trigger and just put it out there is is something I've had to like convince myself of myself because, um, you know, as an educator, and as somebody who wants to put out good content, part of me is like, but this isn't like how I would teach it, you know, the first round, like it would have had even more prep, you know, and there must be some sort of, yeah, there must be more something else I think happens for people like us who come from the academic space where it's like, now people are like giving us money, like literally in PayPal and it's, you know, thousands of dollars sometimes and, and even still several hundred dollars of smaller courses. And it's like, oh shit, like that is like a direct relationship. Like in the academy, it was like, yeah, I, I realized that my students were paying to be there and were like, pursuing this dream and, you know, getting a degree was important. And there was this whole thing, but like, I wasn't responsible for collecting that transaction. So it like really removed the like exchange of, okay, I'm here, I'm giving you a thousand bucks, like show me what you got. Like, that's a really big deal. And that was some mindset stuff I had to go through. Yeah. And, and it's like, and you know, so I've been doing work around that because there is some, you know, parts of like working for the state that I have to like unlearn a little bit because I never imagined being paid for something that like this, that I did well, you know? So I, I, I cried so much the first time I sold my first course. And I mm-hmm. remember I was so naive. I remember telling my husband like, babe, if I can just sell two courses a month, we're good. Like, oh. <laughs> it's so yep. funny. And now we sell $30,000 a month. And I'm like, how naive Amazing. was I? You know? mm-hmm. But I was just, it was like, somebody's buying something that I created. You that know, you and it's like a student mm-hmm. that they have to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Somebody, you know, actively. Um, so, yeah, but I was going to say about what you were saying before that um, I think our standards when we come to entrepreneurship, um, our standards are very high and we need to put them down for ourselves, for our sanity. Mm. But also I think that if you go into coaching or consulting, I do consulting strategy again because of the project manager and the big picture. I love strategy. Um, And I think we put more pressure in that relationship with the clients. 
Ah. I feel responsible for that. I feel responsible for that. This is something yes. I worked and, with a coach on is like, I care too much about like their, what they're doing. Yes. And they're like, you have to stop that. And I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, when we were teaching, it's like a group setting. So I think their responsibility is like a shared responsibility. Sure. So you're going to have some of them that are doing what they should be doing and some of them that they are not. But at the end of the day, you feel that you, that's not on you. But mm-hmm. when we come into consulting or coaching, it's like we take the whole responsibility on yeah. us because of, because of our caring, our, you know, the way we are. And I think that's one of the things that I struggle is taking that responsibility from them when it's not my business, you know, that's, no, I'm just they have to do, yeah. but I yep. just take it so personal. Like it's my business that it really, I actually took like a good six months break from the women community uh, mm-hmm. because of that. And yeah. I had you know, people coming to me, I want to do strategy with you. I want to develop funnels. All this and I was like, uh, I'm, I'm not. Because I was feeling all that pressure mm-hmm. and, and I couldn't handle it. Um, so, and then again, that was... That's interesting that you say that because I just, and I've seen a pattern because I've only been in business about a, a little over a year, um, probably like 16 months, I think since like July. So, um, and I'm like moving away from one-on-one work because of that. Like the, and um, part of me is like something's off about the way I feel like uh, what is my responsibility or what I'm trying to get people to do that they just aren't um, or what they think is possible, you know, through the work we do for them. So um, I, I think that's almost like part of the entrepreneur journey a little bit as well, where it's like you start to realize like where your own limits and boundaries are or, or what you like tapping into what you truly desire. Like you were saying about your academic part, like what do I want? Like, how do I want to be able to show up for my clients? Um, What feels right for me? Uh, And so you can have that freedom. You literally can change and you can say, I'm going to stop offering that and I'm going to offer this. Where in academia, if you have this like gap happening, this, um, you know, not lack of fulfillment in some way, there's not a lot about your current situation that you can change, unfortunately, because there's kind of a way of being. Exactly. But then that's again, our academia mindset, because it's like, why am I doing one-to-one this way? Because everybody Mm. told me to. And then it's like, I realized like a month ago, I was like, you know, I really want to keep on helping women. Yep. But I don't want to do it that way. And then it was like, well, you don't have to do it that way. Yeah. So again, let's leave the academia mindset and let's yep. go with the, your new mindset. What's your new mindset? It's like, okay, how can this, how can I make this work? So what I done is create a membership in which I, love I the show them all my processes. So it's like, okay, how can I make this work for me? Because at the end of the day, your business is you. So, okay, I'm going to create a membership in which I show them everything that I do in my business. I have a 100% transparency uh, policy with them. I show them my income. I show them my funnels, my ads, everything okay. in it. And then it's like, okay, what can I do for them? I'm not going to be coaching them one-to-one. What can we do to make their entrepreneurship journey better? So we're going to do a show all together where I'm actually going to be promoting their opt-ins, their pages, and then I'm going to put Facebook ads on that. That's easy for me. Talking, having conversations with them, easy. Promoting their stuff, easy for me. And then what I'm going to do is, okay, I have a, a friend. She's a mindset coach. She's 
the opposite of us, right? She's all about energy and about all these things. And I'm, I'm all about funnels and all these things. So it's like, okay, let's get together. And every two weeks, we're going to have a session all together. So this membership is working for me because I'm doing something that I love, which is helping them. We are still keeping this teaching too, right? Like a little yeah. bit because you're responsible for a group and a community instead yeah. of one person. But they are responsible to but show up yep. for the sessions. They yep. are responsible to be in the show. They are responsible to do their opt-in. So that way, it's just changing the way you think into, okay, I'm not going to reject this because... I'm supposed to be doing this this way and I don't like it. So how can mm. I make it turn around in a way that it works for me? I think that's one of the challenges that I find that I'm, sometimes we are just thinking straight and we don't see the sides. And when I, when I was like, wait a moment, I can change this. What, what can fit with my lifestyle? What can mm. fit with what I like? I like connecting with them. I like helping them out, you know, in these sessions. We're going to be tackling any blogs that you have or any click funnel problem that you have, but it's not my responsibility. I'm just holding your hand, but it's your business and you, you do your things without me having that feeling because a lot of people were like, oh, you need to disconnect yourself from your client's results. And I was like, well, that's very easy for you to say, but... It's my personality. How mm. you want me to block out a part of my personality, which is caring. Yeah. I think that they can... I, there's a lot of entrepreneurs that talk about um, you know, giving too much. I mean, we heard it in teaching too, right? Like There were a lot of teachers who were like, don't care. Like There are rules. There, yeah. If there's a late paper, it doesn't matter. Like That kind of thing. And I was always pushing back against that. Um, and I think there's a trend in entrepreneurship right now where they were... you know, For the last couple of years, it was all about how hands-off can I be? How much can I automate? And now there's a return to how can... I really give a shit about what people are learning, what their experiences are like. And that's where we come in uh, with people who have a curriculum design background. And this true, like my whole dissertation for my my doctorate was all about emotions and teaching. Um, and wow. so my whole thing was all about like, actually, how do we increase connection with our students? Um, and like, it was about like vulnerability and all this other stuff. So yeah, we're on the same page with that because I, I think that's like the the heart of the business heart, but like the center of the business is connection. And anyone who's trying to not do that is going to have a hard time because yes, there are some gurus out there telling you that this is how you can do it. Look what I did. I make a bajillion dollars. So obviously you don't need connection. And it's like, yep. But you started this like three or four years ago. We're in a different world, both tech-wise, you know, social media. I mean, so much has changed and it changes so quickly. So I believe that like the connection piece is the exact shift that was missing. Um, and so as an academic, if you're listening and you're like, you know, those are things I care about in the academy, but I also want freedom and the ability to do things, you know, your way, you, we bring a lot of stuff to the table, to this space. The best uh, thing you just the best, the best thing. things right. Leave the rest. Yeah. yeah. And we don't have to like learn them. We like embody them because we've spent so much time in that. I'd like to hear anything the... else comes up for you like with challenges you've had in your business because you did talk a little bit about that as being a challenge. What other struggles did you face over the last like 24 months? Um, I think like the biggest one was the mindset. Like, mindset. Um, I would agree yeah, with that for me too. The, 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 I think the sentence is let it go. 
Mm. Letting go things like I, I'm gonna start singing right now, frozen. But <laughs> but is that um, uh, the way we are? Like I think we just hold into everything. We want everything to be perfect. We we just mm-hmm. want. I I almost have a heart attack the second time I launch a course because I want it to be so perfect and so letting all that go and allowing ourselves to make mistakes. Mm. It's okay. Very you know, we are we are so nice to our students and you know we kind of you know ah having doing mistakes it's it's okay because that's helping you in your learning process da, da, da. but then when towards us we forget all that kindness. Um and we are very self-critique, like I will be a fucking bitch to myself, like you have no yeah. idea. Yep. Um, and I've done a lot of mindset work. Like business-wise, I think to be honest with you, it's been a lot of instinct for me. Sure. I think that's yep. why I'm good at marketing because just I have ADHD. So for me, marketing is attention and I have a very short span. So I'm good creating marketing because I know, you know, I'm targeting ADHD people. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> um, so I think that's one of the things that we need to let it go, that perfectionism and that um, it's better. I, when I started, I had these senses like it's better done. Um, what, what is it like? Uh, better done than perfect, like that phrase. Yes, better. Yeah, better done than perfect. Because if not, I will not finish. Like my first course, it took me like good six months. To mm-hmm. there. Now mm-hmm. I can do a course in a couple of weeks. Yeah, but I was, I was just like, I'm being self conscious about everything. You know, the perfect website, the perfect sales page, the perfect process, the perfect that it was just is just. Um, it's not enjoyable. We need to mm. learn, enjoy what we do instead of just, uh, you know, it's like eating. You have to enjoy eating instead of just, mm. you know, just eating fast because you have to eat. No, yeah. we need to enjoy the journey. Now I enjoy creating my membership side or I enjoy like enjoying the process instead of just, you know, the result, but Going the motions, definitely yeah. the perfectionist and the, um, and the the mindset around it. And one thing I just want to mention because we were talking about the contact, sure. and I just want I haven't talked about it yet, which I'm gonna talk. You you will see me talking about it. But you know, everybody wants to automatize, right? Uh, they just want to make bazillion millions and millions without doing anything. Mm-hmm. And we try webinars, we try optics, we tried everything, and now. The best funnel that we have is like we have uh, two buttons in our homepage that says apply for a grant. Oh, and nice. then they apply for the grant. There's like a formula, um, a questionnaire. And then we send them an email specifically answering to their questionnaire. Like, oh, we think this course will be good for you for this, this, and that. And we are having a 30% conversion rate with nice. that funnel. Nice. Which normally a 5% that would be good. And we are yeah. getting a 30% just because of that, you know, one-to-one touch. The connection, yeah, the connection. segmenting, answering their questions Killing specifically. It. Yep. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Good little yeah. tip for anyone listening who's a little more advanced in marketing. <laughs> um, I love 
you, did you, when you came onto the scene, I've been talking with a couple academics about this too, about how we didn't really go for help in academia. Like it was really hard to find a mentor because everyone's kind of like, it's a little more cutthroat for some reason. Like if you weren't hanging in grad school, you weren't smart enough. Like it was, they're very simple. So um, I'm curious when you came kind of into this space, where did you go for help? Did you, did you hire a mentor or a coach right off the bat? Did you take courses? Like where were you going to find answers or did you just do it all yourself? I, I had no idea what I was doing. That's the first thing. And you had to do sure. a course. So I was like, <laughs> oh, let's start with that. So I started creating my course. That was my thing. Um, and then the website, I did it myself because I know how to code. I've been a geek for a wow. long time. I know how to code. So I did my website. And then I created the whole thing myself. Oh my gosh. Um, amazing. You went to books, obviously, I, a little bit. Like you, yeah, you did I, some I, research, but... I got the Lean Startup and then I got a course on the Lean Startup and those were the ones who freaked me out. Um, I didn't want to have like a lot. I was Google. Like I learned everything from Google and then this book and this course. But you know, there was a point that this book and course, they were just giving me anxiety. So I have to stop those. And then I... And the thing is, I was not in any... I didn't have an entrepreneur friends. I didn't, I was not in any group. I was just doing everything on my own. And I think within like the first five or six months, then I got, that was the first time I got targeted on Facebook for, mm. so that's when I joined a group and then here and there. And then I end up in the 90 day program uh, from Todd Herman. Oh yeah. So, but that was a good seven months in already selling courses. Sure. Um, really, that changed. Like that course completely changed my business. But, There's a lot of people, like good people in that course too. So I bet it, it expanded your network a little bit as far as like other entrepreneurs to know online and that kind of stuff. No. No. To be no. Honest, no. Actually, I had a conversation with him. I met him in New York two weeks ago and we had a conversation and oh God, he had a really good time <laughs> because I went to him. I was like, Todd, hi. I had a mojito before going to talk to him. I was like, hi, <laughs> I'm in your course, but I don't want you to be mad at me because I just did like half of the first module. Oh, that was me and- too. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, wait, wait, wait. So in the first module, there's like a, an extensive questionnaire about your business. Like it's mm-hmm. painful. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, painful. yeah. Yep. Okay. So after doing that test, I realized one of the things that was completely wrong with my business, which was um, channels of distribution. Mm. And I dropped the course and I went to fix that. And that's when we, were, we started making a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he loved it. He loved the story. And now he wants me to do a testimonial for him. Um, but opening that groups and courses and training, it really changed everything by little things, you know, all the things. Little tweaks in most cases. Yeah. Little tweaks. It was not like a big breakthrough. No, no. Little tweaks that completely changed everything. Mm, I love that. You don't have to, you don't, I I think that a lot of people, they feel that they cannot start a business because they don't have a mentor or they don't have a... Ten thousand dollar coach or no guys like you can just start you will fi- again you will figure, figure it, out. it out and we are mm-hmm. academics we figure shit out no matter mm-hmm. what and in many ways better than some others and quicker because of like a kind of like i don't know 
publish or perish kind of mentality, like all of that feeds into it, I think a little bit too, where it's like, well, you just have to do it. Otherwise you're, you're gone. You're irrelevant. And you know what I mean? Like, so um, yeah, I love that you bring that up. Very cool. So um, I just have loved hearing, you know, your story and learning more about you. I'm curious if you have any advice for people who um, maybe are listening and, and being like, you know, I don't like hate academia. I kind of like it, but I'm, you know, thinking of starting this side thing. Like, what would your first tips be to somebody who's like about to play in this space? Yeah. Well, the first thing I think is like anything that you're teaching, somebody is interested about it. That's why you have a degree and that's why you're teaching it. So for me, the easy, like now I'm, I'm, you know, transitioning to gone deeper. Things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but for me, the first thing was like, okay, what am I teaching? I'm teaching Spanish. So, hey, I can train People somebody. People want to learn Spanish all over the world. <laughs> right? I think we take for granted all mm-hmm. our academia. Like, is mm-hmm. there something that, you know, within your field that you, you think that you can actually do a course or you can do something about it or actually not even a course, just to start, create a new profile out of your academia friends and start talking about whatever is pa- you're passionate about. Like, for example, for me, it would have been uh, e-learning or literature or actually all these started because I started a blog on Spanish literature oh, wow. you know, and language. And then I, I come across one of these salesy ebooks, how to make money with your blog. <laughs> and then it was like, okay, what do I have to offer? Mm. So if you're in academia, you have a lot to offer. Yep. yep. You know, and even if it's not academia related, is there something that for me is like, what is it that you can do for hours? Mm. You know, when you are just completely obsessed doing something on the computer and doesn't matter if there's a war outside, you're still in your, in your zone. What can you do with that? Mm-hmm. I love that. That's a great tip. And I, Maria Coase, you're probably familiar with her, but maybe, or Maria Coase, I forget how you say her name, Femtrepreneur. She teaches people how to make courses, but um, she kind of does it in like really niche markets. Um, And uh, you know, you don't have to just teach Spanish, which like is directly related to, you know, your, your academic background or me, like teaching people how to teach and maybe create courses. Okay. There is, I do have a sociology background and I'm, you know, thinking about how that can fit in this space. And there is actually a lot of stuff around that as well. But even just like, I think an example, her background is, um, she converted trailers. Like she, she bought old ass, like dilapidated, you know, trailers and she redid them. And so she created a course on how to redo trailers. And here's this super niche market where, you know, you've seen them all on Pinterest, right? And you're like, oh, it's so beautiful. And like, and she resold them and basically created a business around that. So, I mean, it can be hobby related too. And just think about... Your, you know, how your skill set in academia could make you really good at, you know, even doing a, a side hobby related teaching course. Um, and then, you know, the researcher in you is going to probably dive into marketing and social media, but it's fun. It's really fun to learn a new subject. That's what I felt like I was doing with entrepreneurship. It was like, I'm learning a new subject. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Hands down. As you were saying, it doesn't have to be our... We just tend to go towards that because it's easy for us. And because our (laughs) mind is just like, 
Yeah, without, without mindset, we can just go with that. But it can be anything. Like Everything yesterday, can. I was just having a conversation with, with um, we, we created some content. So we were talking like, whatever, we all feel very individualized. Like, you know, mm. my feelings, I feel this way, I'm this way. But we are universal. If, if you are feeling something or if you are struggling with something, there's somebody else who's going to be struggling yep. with that. Yep. So if you have something, if you have figured out something, you can help somebody else figure that out. Yep. You know, so there's, there's a market for everything. Look at my market. My market is just for Spaniards, expats. There's nothing more niche than yeah. that. Believe me. You know, well, I bet you're the dominant person in it. <laughs> right? No, no, yeah. no. There's a lot of big, big players, but still, we, we, we figure it out. But yeah. that's the thing. Anything that you that it's been a struggle for you and you overcome, that's something that you can help somebody with that. Okay. I can help Hispanic women start their business. I can help military spouses. I can, because mm. I've been through that. So what you've been through is exactly where you can help other people. It doesn't have to be academia, but it can. Because some people, they do enjoy, you know, uh, we're going to develop more courses about uh, teaching Spanish. So I still love that. I'm not putting it on a side. You know, I'm giving myself permission to continue doing the Spanish teaching thing because I love it, but I'm giving myself permission as well to help other women because mm. that's another part of me. So you can just, you can have it all, you know, yeah, just really start can. with one, start with one thing and then things grow from there. Like you figure out things by doing. So I was doing my business and then I figured out I like this too. And then by by doing you're just gonna you just have to start once you start everything starts uh falling into place i love it thank you so much so um give us a little bit about where they can find you and what you're up to next um so you know if, if, when they're out there in this entrepreneur space they can find some like-minded folks so uh yeah what are you up to right now where can they find what you're up to uh, they can find me on Women Entrepreneur Community on Facebook. Well, we have the website as well. It's the same. So if you decide that, it, sh- it should show up. And then on Instagram, my name and surname together, Ines Ruiz, USA. Um, so that's where you guys can find me. Awesome. And I'll probably link below as well. What is your next okay. project? Like, what is your next thing that you're doing, working on? Oh. <laughs> Unless it's no. secret, which I totally understand. <laughs> I can tell you, I can tell you. <laughs> so, okay, what I was saying, because when you start, things develop. So, right, we have courses on training teachers. Uh, our next course is how to teach online. Ooh, and yeah. how to teach Spanish online. And because we are doing that, I was like thinking, okay, what else can I give my teachers? It's always about that mindset. Like, how can I differentiate myself? What can I give to them? And I was like, you know what? I'm going to create a group of people interested in learning Spanish. So whoever gets certified through my course, they can go there, teach and get clients. And then I was like, you know what? It's really easy for me to find my people through Facebook. I'm really good at ads and all this. So on one hand, we're going to have the clients, and on the other hand, we're going to have teachers. So now what we're doing is we're going to create a course, a Spanish course. So we're going to have those teachers teaching online through our platform with our content. And then so you're so like a hub for going to learn Spanish online. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. So we're going to open to this market that is we're going to go with America and Asia. That's going to be 
you know, we're coming from a very little, little niche. We're going to expand. I but like this it. Would have never happened if we didn't go through yep. the process. Which is now why you so can teach by, how to do it. Very yes. cool. So by doing, you just other doors open. You know, you just need a teeny tiny door to open and then yep. things just start unfolding. Keep moving forward. That's that's what I've learned in business. It's like I'm I'm same with you, like pivots and all these like little things that were like um, oh, I, I could teach this, like, or I can offer this to the entrepreneur space, and then being like, okay, cool. Now I'm going to go deeper. I'm in the exact same place as you. Like, how do we go deeper? How is this actually bigger than what we even thought it was when we started? And those doors just keep flying open as you keep taking steps. Awesome. Just, well, I just think you just so leave. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I just think you just, your like your big goal when you get there, like it's just so small. It's like, okay, what's mm-hmm. next? <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And there is something about academic life that didn't have that so much, right? Like there wasn't really like these things we're reaching for, maybe to be published in a certain journal or to get the job. I feel like getting the job is the end for lots of people. It was yeah. for me where it was like, once you land that tenure track job, then you're like, okay, That's I'm it. here. And that was it. And then I was like, wait, is this it? <laughs> like literally. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we don't have a lot of that stuff to really strive for. Um, and so I think what happens is, is we get really wrapped up in maybe, who knows, like being president of the union or like these other things you can do on campus, but they tend not to have any sort of like monetary like advantage in any way and instead just more time and energy. So um, yeah, yeah, from like entrepreneurship there's, you know, in the daily, you can be like, how, how can I give back bigger? How can I, how can I serve? How can I give back more in, in this world in a bigger way? Um, and that is fulfilling. Let me tell you. Awesome. Yes. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Um, and I'm really excited to see what you're up to. Keep me posted on that Spanish school because my husband and I, I don't know if I told you this, but our last house sit was in Sayulita, Mexico. So we, we know Spanish, like college level, but we weren't, we know we aren't fluent, but we would love to get you. it. I yeah. Okay. <laughs> send, me, send me your details. Let me see if I'll be buying something from you in the future. You can be my, you can be my beta tester. Yes. Ooh. We love that word. <laughs> yes. Beta test. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. It was been, it's been so fun. So I will maybe have you back on and we'll talk about something else fun and academic and entrepreneur like. <laughs> cool. Absolutely. Thank you so much. It was so much fun.